everybody, welcome back to the Green Light Green Podcast. Light. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And we are here bringing you another episode, or what number is this? I don't 30, know, 30-something. 30 30-something. 30 30 30 this is episode number 30-something. Lauren, what have we done for 30-something episodes? Well, for 30-something episodes, we have been reading unproduced plays and screenplays and interviewing the awesome people who write them. That's exactly what. And... What? That's exactly what? We've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> Was the implication there. Uh, um, yes, and this week we are reading Brotherly Scholars by Michaela Hardigan. Yes, we are. That is what we're doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> shall we... What else are we doing? We'll do some housekeeping real quick. Let's do some housekeeping I think we're both a little out of it today. Yeah. I'm trying to... Uh, not wake myself up any more than I have to because I have to get up very early for the next two days. So what Lauren is trying to say is she's intentionally being low energy. No, that's not what I meant. That's I'm not kidding. What I, meant. I know I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So a few housekeeping things, real quick. Uh, we got a new Patreon subscriber. Yes, we it's did. It's my mom. Thank you, mom. <laughs> so thanks, mom. Thank you. We um, very much appreciate it. Yeah. So if I you, think she technically put it under the my whole family umbrella. But well, that's yes. nice. So thank you, Hunkley family. But yeah. if you want to become a Patreon subscriber and have yourself shouted out, literally, if you give us a dollar, we will shout you out. That's as, right. As we have done in the past. So if you want that to be you, our the link to our Patreon will be in the. <laughs> the link to our Patreon will be in the description. Yes, it will be. We have a bunch of content up there. We have some green lit episodes. We have some ramble episodes. We have some, if you're feeling really generous, some road trip episodes. And it's a lot of fun content for you. We also dropped at least one thing for our other podcast. Who is that? That's uh, true. The Mass Singer and Dancer podcast, because we're doing both now. So uh, that content is on there as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you can check out our Patreon. Um, it's cheapest subscription service you can get. Uh, another thing that would really help us out, if you, you know, don't want to shell out any money, that's okay, um, you can it's rate and review fine, us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, you can. Which none of you did this week, but that's yes. okay. I think we might have we gotten checked. a couple How more ratings, you? but no reviews. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but yeah, we would we would greatly appreciate it if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Please only if they're five stars, though. Yes, please. We uh, we, we take five stars only. <laughs> Otherwise, leave your opinions to yourself. Yeah. Well, someone <laughs> or someone you can gave us, us a I one guess. star rating. They were they were too cowardly to give us a review. Yeah, exactly. So, but at, so we don't know why. At whoever you are, but that's okay. How dare you? Uh, anyway, so to balance Coward. that out, yeah, Coward. please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at tgl underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter, and at Greenlight Pod on Facebook. That is correct. That's where you can find us. All right. Um, okay. Shall we get into our first segment? We shall. Okay. So, not only do we read unproduced plays and screenplays and interview the writer, but we also talk about some things that have been produced. Yeah. Or written. Or developed. True. <laughs> this is our detour segment where we <laughs> talk about something we have consumed in the past week. So, we got two things for you today. Both TV shows, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And I think... I actually also wanted to do an honorable mention to a book that oh. we have both read that I just finished Yeah, today. actually, you go ahead and start with, with that one, and okay. then I'll go, and then we'll both go. So it's a little late in the season, but I read Deck the Halls. It's a Christmas book by, I believe, Carol and Marie Higgins-Clark. It's a yeah. mother and daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, so they both have their own independent mystery series. Yes, they do. But they kind of combined the characters from their uh, each of their series into this one book. It's kind of like the most ambitious crossover event in history. Of all time. That's if you right. Will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean it's um it's kind of like a, a kidnapping hostage sort of story, you know. Um there is a mystery author in the book, so a little meta. 
Um, yes. And her husband and uh, a woman that he works with both get kidnapped. It's yes. right at the beginning. And basically, um, they want a million dollars from, you know, the family. Yeah. Um, so, you know, lots of twists and turns, mystery stuff. It's not, like, incredibly advanced. It's yeah. The print is very large. God, it's, it's, so, it's easy so easy to read. To read it is but so, it's so easy to read. Yeah, it, it's a very fun book. It's not going to blow you away. No, but it's like, not going to blow your mind. But it's fun. I'm glad I read it. It got me in the spirit. Exactly, yeah. It, it, it there There's definitely a lot of a Christmas spirit, even in a movie, about kidnapping. Like, you can just... A feel book about kidnapping. What did I say? A movie. They should make it into a movie. Deck the halls. <laughs> okay. Lifetime. Get on that. Netflix. You have some bad Christmas movies. It would be a good get lifetime movie. It would. It, it it has that vibe for sure. For sure. So if that's something that you like, you'll enjoy Deck the Halls. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's all we really have to say about it. Yeah, it was it's fun. A, it's Check a fun it time. It's a fun. I time. got it in a uh, a like mystery book box. Yes. So yeah. So get yourself a mystery book box if you want more things like Deck the Halls. Well, it was originally from Kmart, according to the tag on the back. Oh, go go to a Kmart if you want (laughs) more mystery novels. I don't know. I don't know. They shouldn't. I'd like, (laughs) they really shouldn't. Uh, But anyways, let us move on to our first, that was a real detour, but this is our first video detour, something that you can watch. Uh, And I'll start with my thing because the the last thing we have, uh, we both have. So- History of Swear Words is a 2020 TV show on Netflix. There are six episodes total. And, uh, Each it is, one's about a different word. Yes, none exactly. None of which we can say on this show. Yes, uh, as, as you could imagine. This is hosted by Nicolas Cage and features a bunch of different... Um, different comedians who sort of talk about comedians and also historians, I guess, who talk about the history of, you guessed it, swear words. So each episode is dedicated to a specific swear word. They pretty much get through all of the big ones in this. Yeah. Like it, it, it covers most of the ones that you know and possibly utter at different points during your life, <laughs> depending on who you are as a person. As a person. As a person. Um, so this is a fun show. It is, it's very quick. They're, like I said, six episodes. They're 20 minutes each. It's a breeze. It's literally less than a movie. Combined, yeah. Like less than an average movie. Combined, it is is less than an average movie. So if if you like something that's going to be super light, super fun, if you don't mind cursing, uh, if you don't mind nudity, actually, it was oh, one we true. one we watched today that that had some full frontal nudity. Like, yeah, like uh, full frontal male nudity. Yes, yes. Uh, so if if you don't mind stuff like that, then then this is a good show for you. Obviously, it's about the history of swear words, so there's going to be plenty of swearing. So if you don't mind that, that's fine. Uh, it is. So Nicolas Cage hosts this. And he really does chew up the scenery. Like, it's it's very fun watching Nicolas Cage, in my I gotta opinion. I to be honest, I, from what I've seen of it, I didn't really like him really? in this. That's fair. Like, he chews up the scenery, but that's not necessarily <laughs> a pro for me in this sure. case. It's like, and, and I think that's something about the show. You know, Nicolas Cage is fun, but maybe too fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he might be having too much fun. I yeah. think that's my thing. <laughs> and and so if you like Nicolas Cage having too much fun, this is a good show for you. Overall, it's not going to blow you away. Like if you if you really want to learn like some deep history about swear words, this isn't it. Like like yeah. some of the facts are fun 
you you definitely learn a little bit about it, but it's nothing that you couldn't look up on the internet. Yeah. Like you could you could learn all of the information in these shows by looking up one to two articles on the internet. Yeah, like a so, five-minute Google search. Yeah, so it's not super informative necessarily. It's fun. Like, some of the comedians are fun. Uh, people who you might recognize, uh, Nick Offerman's on it. Nikki Glaser. Um, uh, Sarah Silverman, Nick Cage. I think, Sarah is on Silverman it. is on a few episodes. Yeah, Jim Jeffries. People like that. So not necessarily like A-listers, but certainly people, some people who you'll recognize, and then some people who you don't, who are still like pretty funny. But yeah, I don't know for for a show that for a show that is about swear words and pushing the limits of those words, it doesn't really take any risks, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it kind of puts it all out there in the title. I feel like. Yeah, it is the history of swear words. Uh, but once again, like. You're not gonna devote too much of your life to it. This is a good. This is a good thing to throw on in the background For if sure. you're like working. Once again, it won't get you through much of the day. However, <laughs> <laughs> it'll get you through some of it. So, history of swear words. It's on Netflix. Uh, watch it if you want to. If Check you don't, it out. that's fine. And now, something that is a non-negotiable: you must watch. <laughs> uh, and you must start with <laughs> season six because that is what we did. Yeah. So below deck. <laughs> Uh, I believe it's on Peacock and also YouTube TV. I think you yes. can watch it for free on Peacock, but it does cut parts out of the episodes. You can. Or yes. at least one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, even like for free on Peacock as in you can get you can have the free version of Peacock and watch it. Yes. Not as like Netflix as in if you pay for it, you can watch it. Yeah, but you with can Peacock, watch anyone it for can free, watch this. Free on yeah, Peacock. yeah, exactly. Uh, or if you have YouTube TV, I think episodes are airing now or at least i'm pretty sure there's a new season happening now yeah yeah however lauren and i and our housemates started on season six yes so um this was brought to you by ellie baker who is currently visiting us yes uh and she was she was on here twice as a writer guest yes she was um and wasn't she just didn't wasn't she just on the show as an actor or am i making that up in my mind. We we probably just mentioned her. We, I don't think we talked about Ellie, I think. Anyway, but yeah, she's here right now and she was like, "Guys, you have to watch this show, yes. Below Deck." And this th- we we have a history of we love lo- a good reality enjoying show. reality shows, talking about them on this show. One of the first things we talked about on this show was Too Hot to Handle. Yeah, we also talked about Holy Moly, Ultimate Tag, I mean, the Mass Singer, of course. of course. We have an entire show Lego dedicated Masters. to that. Yes. So, I mean, we, we definitely love our reality shows, and it's been a while. It has been a while since we've really dove doved it into one, dove if you will. In. Yes. What is anyway. Below Deck about, Lauren? Okay, Below Explain Deck it to is about people. a bunch of... It, it's about a yacht crew. Yes. Going through their season of charters. Basically, small groups of very, very rich people yes. <laughs> renting out an entire... like It's like a... What is it? Like a 180-foot yacht I think, or Yeah, something? I think it's 170, 180 foot, yeah, something like and, that. Yeah, and it's whole crew. You know, usually more people than are they have guests on the boat. Yeah. Um, for, you know, two, three days, whatever, very expensive trips mm-hmm. uh, to go take a vacation season six is in Tahiti. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So so basically you sort of get to know it's all about the crew. Like, yeah, it's all about the crew. Y- you follow the crew through the whole season. They have different charters. I think this season had like seven or eight different charters right. because it's roughly one and a half to two episodes per charter. 
And you just, you follow there the drama, you follow, so it's sort of separated into two different crews within the crews. There is the deck crew. And the interior crew. The interior crew. So the deck crew does all the boat stuff, pretty much cleans the boat. It deals with all of the, like, water toys that they have, Uh, you know, helps the captain, you know, take off. Uh, port in whatever you call it (laughs) and then the interior crew which pretty much handles like pretty much would be like a hotel staff yeah you know they handle the they make cleaning they they make drinks yeah Yeah. and there's also a chef as well a a full-time chef adrian yeah so like like i said earlier lauren and i and our housemates start on season six so that is the only knowledge of below deck we have so far we have not watched the rest yes but I'm really glad we started on season six because I was a really, great season. I thought it was a great season, and there are also some people that you really grow to love throughout yeah. this. At Ashton, yeah, yeah, and it, so it's full filled with big personalities, as is sort of the requirement of a lot of these reality yeah. shows. Yeah, it's like I, I do kind of wonder because I feel like there's a lot of crossover from you know my one summer of outdoor theater. There's a lot of crossover between like the type of personalities you get doing outdoor theater. Yeah. And the type of personalities you get on a yacht crew. Sure, sure. It just seems like the same, like you're living in, you know, super cramped quarters mm-hmm. yeah. and like work insane hours, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, is... it definitely seemed familiar. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, there, there are a few things that I want to just overall notes about this show. Number one, I think one of the things that really makes this show shine are the editors. Oh, yes. The editors are absolutely they're they're just they don't miss they're on it yeah (laughs) they're really on it not only in like the way they construct the actual episodes but in the way that they keep you hooked in for in between commercials and also in between episodes yeah it literally makes you want to keep watching forever and like you know we finished a we watched like eight episodes in a day at one point we did we we watched we watched a 17 episode season 45 minutes in like three or four days maybe yeah. Yeah. So th- they really do when keep you, you like that, hooked uh... <laughs> in. <laughs> it, ma- it makes you question your what you're doing with your life. But we'll move on. Uh, but the, the editors are just really good at they they're really good at constructing stories. They're also really good. They're really good at like capturing moments of you know people making a certain face, yeah. like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and really cutting between things that are that are happening and like. People talking about certain people and then cutting back to those people. And like seeing what they're doing. Yeah. And seeing how close they are to the people who are talking about them. Exactly. And, and I th- also yep. think they do a good, they do a really good job. And that could be to the advantage of some people and the disadvantage of others. I think they do a really good job at creating heroes and villains. Yeah. Like they do a really good job at highlighting people who are doing good and they do a really good job of highlighting people who are really doing bad. Yeah. And I think this season you have people on both ends of those spectrums on the very edge of both of those spectrums. And we don't want to give too much away. There is some staff turnover and you sort of find that out sort of towards the beginning of the season that there is going to be. Yeah, you, we, we you kind of see, like, who. we don't know exactly who is going to get kicked off right at the beginning. There are a few things, like, at one point, someone goes overboard, and yeah. you don't know who until, like, the episode before it happens. Yeah, and, uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're really great at, you know, letting you know stuff is coming, but misleading yeah. you with that. You know, exactly. making you think that they're talking about someone they're not talking about, totally, stuff like totally. that. Totally, yeah. Uh, a few other things. A, Ashton was the best Agreed. Just you, you'll you'll learn that from the beginning. We literally made a best. tier list of the of the people on this. We did yesterday, and and Ashton was S tier 
immediately. Yeah. Just he, he's just a really fun guy, uh, a bit of a himbo. Yeah, but, he just uh, seems very He's also sweet. really sweet and actually pretty smart. So like I say himbo, but he actually does have a lot of intelligence. Um, another thing. Yes. It really just does put into perspective the lives of some rich people. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like just just being able to book this, like we- being able to book this and tip, you know. Fifteen to twenty-two thousand dollars. Yeah, and if if you think like, okay, if that's the tip, that's probably so it probably 15 to twenty percent of it. Exactly. So that so probably costs you easily, about hundred grand. Yeah, for for two, a two night stay on a yacht. Which, granted, you have all of your meals made. You have as many drinks as you want. You go to these very exotic locations. You're waited on hand and foot. Snacks throughout the day. You can literally request anything. And they yeah. have to, like, do their best to make it happen for yeah. you. Like, some of the requests are kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it, it's also just, I think it's shocking. And if we have anyone listening to this who is this rich, maybe Please you Please donate to our Patreon. It. Well, yes. First <laughs> off, do that. But secondly, it's, like, just how rich these people are, how good of an experience they're getting, and still how they complain <laughs> and they yeah. they find things that aren't good about it. Which there is was like, an episode where there were some people who were like, you served us chicken. Chicken is what poor people eat. They said that, that is unacceptable. They said that. You know like, what I had? word for word. You know what I had for lunch, Lord? Chicken. chicken. Me too. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, you know what? Chicken's good. Forget it. Chicken is good and chicken is very versatile. And if if you get to the point where you are just so rich that you don't have to eat chicken... Then I maybe I, I I don't even know if I want to be that rich. I feel like I would I would turn into just such an awful person just 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 based off of what we've seen. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just some of the some of the people on this were who. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 awful. Wow. Anyway, what, what channel does it come on? Is it Bravo? Yes, it's Bravo. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that pretty much wraps up our discussion of Below Deck. I think. Do you have any more comments? Or things so. that you would like to talk about. Um, we also did find out some some other side facts, both good and bad, about some yeah. of the people on the boat. We did, but we won't talk about that. If you, yeah, it's if a bit you, of a spoiler. Yeah, if you feel like looking into anyone on the show, you might find some stuff. You will once again. Some of it good, some of it bad. Yeah, but yeah, that is below deck. It is on Bravo, airing currently. If you want to watch old seasons, free trial of Peacock, or you can watch them all on YouTube TV. Yeah, uh, and we also detoured history of swear words. That's on Netflix. If you want to watch that, and so, deck the halls might be at Kmart. Deck the halls might be at Kmart, or you probably buy it on Kindle. It yeah. seemed like a pretty popular book, actually. You might be able to rent it on, like, Libby or Hoopla for free. I think if you, you don't can. don't want to pay for it. I looked into it, and you definitely can, but it has a pretty big waiting time, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. People like them. I mean, around, it was around Christmas, too, it probably. Was, it was around Christmas, but, yeah. I was looking into renting some of their other books, too, just oh. for, like, some light reading. Just because? Yeah. But Well, I will say, I do have a whole wall of books from a mystery book box that's fair so that's fair but they not the same characters you're right i've kind of been attached all right anyway when we come up next we will be reading brotherly scholars by michaela hardigan see you soon boom hey everybody welcome back to the green light podcast green light green light as you can Jacob tell, so sad. we have a lot of enthusiastic people here to help us for the script. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Uh, I am Jackson, as you know. I am Lauren. And we have uh, some special guest housemates back with <laughs> us again. Uh, Jacob, who we have not seen for a while. 
How you doing? Doing all right. It's been a minute. It has. It has. It has. Uh, Blake, who was here pretty recently, and... Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And Nick, who was here even more recently than that. Uh, This is my repeat, yeah. Yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, alrighty. Uh, yeah, so Enough there are a whole niceties. bunch of us. We're reading <laughs> Brotherly Scholars. Um, there are actually five characters in this, but one of them will be read by an anonymous person. An anonymous figure. Who yeah. Must not You'll be. You'll see. Named. You'll see. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's just jump right into it. So, this is Brotherly Scholars by Michaela Hardigan. Uh, I'm playing Allie. Me next. Okay, I'm playing James. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm Jacob, I'll be playing Mike. I'm Blake, I'll be reading for Andrew. I'm Nick, and I'll be doing action lines, stage directions, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Alrighty, <laughs> let us dive in. Fade in, interior Mike's apartment, day. Mike speed walks into the bedroom with the beeline to the window. He opens the blinds, letting the morning light into the messier room. Andrew, asleep in bed, pops open his eyes with the light, and he hisses. Dude, did you just hiss at me? It's too early for all that. Andrew, still laying in bed, gestures towards the window. Too early for the sun? It's 11.45. You have class in 15. And you know what? I'm done waking you up. I guess it was funny at first, so I just went with it, but now it's just weird. Get an alarm clock, dude, or use your phone or something. I'm done. I'm sorry, Mike. I never got used to alarms at home. And you said we would be like brothers. So your brother woke you up every day at home? Yeah, but not with that. Andrew finally sits up to gesture towards the window again. Well, I've never had a brother, nor do I want one. Sorry, it's just been a little irritating. I'll see you later. Mike opens the door, rolls his eyes, and leaves the room. Andrew is left sitting in his bed, his hand shielding his eyes from the sun. The exterior campus quad. James and Allie, students, exit a school building and begin walking home. I should have slept through that class like everyone else. Only half the students actually showed up today. It's one now. You think you would have slept until one on a Monday? You wake up every day at six. Not if I stay up real late. I just have to shift my schedule a bit so I'll be tired enough to sleep till one. You stay up until 2 a.m. almost every night. I think you might have insomnia or something. James and Allie turn the corner and see Mike. Hey yo, you guys done for the day? Yeah, we just finished. What about you? I've been done for a bit, but I had to run back to the apartment to wake up Andrew. You're still waking him up? Not anymore. James, Allie, and Mike turn onto a sidewalk that is not wide enough for the three of them. Allie gets pushed behind James and Mike, her head turning between the two as the conversation continues. Okay, well, moving past whatever you're going through, Mike, Allie and I have to work today on a big project we just got assigned. James, just got assigned? It's been posted online since the start of the semester. That professor's just a bit of an idiot and never told us in person. You haven't started? Nah, but I'll do it this week. I'll get it done. It's due tomorrow. Oh, god damn it! I can't fail. Ugh. Mike, what am I going to do? You have to help me. You have to. Help me, please. Please help me. You have to. Help me, please, please. You're asking Mike to help you? He's not even in the same class. He's not even in the same major. Mike knows nothing about the assignment. I was just in class with you. Ask me. Well, since he asked me, I guess I could help. I'll say it again. You know nothing about the class. Hey, I'll figure it out. And shut up. He didn't ask you for help. Yeah, shut up, Allie. James and Mike continue walking, but Allie stops. She turns around and walks the way she came from. Fine. I'll go finish my almost-finished project alone, because it's almost finished. Interior Mike's apartment. Mike and James walk into the apartment. Mike scowls upon seeing Andrew sitting on the couch in the entrance, watching TV. You're still here. 
Hey guys. Yeah, I wasn't feeling up to class this morning. What are you up to? Your class was at noon. And you woke him up for it? Yes! James raises an eyebrow at Andrew, who just smiles and shrugs. Okay, come on, Mike. I really need your help with this project. Andrew stands up excitedly. Project you need help with? Why didn't you say so? No. Why? Mike steps forward, ready to fly into an irritated monologue at Andrew. Andrew? James jumps in front of Mike, his hands held out as if to separate Mike from Andrew, who are still on opposite sides of the room. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't know about the project until today, and apparently it's a big part of our grade, and it's due tomorrow, and I haven't started yet, and I don't even know where to begin. I see, I see. I completely understand. And good news, I can help. I don't want your help. I think James might. I have a guy. Oh my god, stop, Andrew. James, I'm your guy. I'm going to help you. Yes, but what if this guy can help more than you? Exactly. My guy is great. The best. But I'll have to take you to meet him alone. Alone? Alone. I'll come with to point him out, but he's not allowed. Andrew points at Mike, throws his hands up in annoyance. Are you kidding me? Andrew turns to James with his eyebrows raised. Let's go. Exterior campus quad, later. Allie walks down the sidewalk, looking at her phone. Mike pops out from behind a tree in front of Allie. Hey, Allie. Allie refuses to stop, but tucks her phone into her pocket. Mike walks beside her. I thought you were helping James. Hey, Mike. Okay, I'm going to entertain this only because I'm almost finished with my final project. Just have to add my name to the top, really. Wait, final project? I thought it was just a big project. Yeah, it is big. It's our final project, 60% of our total grade for the class. That's insane. There's still nearly two more months left for the semester. James will never realize this is the final. Exterior campus quad, night. Andrew leads James down the campus quad sidewalk. There are a few other students out. So I heard you sleep like a cat. I heard you're an insomniac in denial. Okay, there's the spot. Andrew stops walking and points to a shadowy figure standing along the side of one of the school buildings. James stops slightly in front of Andrew, looking nervously at the figure. Okay, what do I do? Andrew proceeds to make exaggerated hand gestures as he leans in and whispers to James. So you give them your laptop. They'll need it for a few days. That way it's harder for your teacher to figure out the whole situation, claim plagiarism, or anything like that. Which it's not. It's just helpful hand on your big project. Not plagiarism. Got it. Not plagiarism. James leaves Andrew and walks alone towards the figure. The figure is wearing a dark sweatshirt, two sizes too large. James sits his backpack on the ground and slowly leans against the building, mirroring the position of the figure. Back against the wall, one leg bent against the wall, and arms crossed in front. So I heard you need a little help. A little collaboration. Uh, hi, yes. I'm James. James reaches out his hand for a handshake, but the figure hands covered by the long sleeves of the sweatshirt, pushes his hand away. I'm not here to get to know you. I'm here to help. Give me your laptop. James sits his backpack down and begins taking his laptop out. Oh, right. So I'm in this class. A statics class. Ah, statistics. The numbers of chance. No, no, no. Statics. The numbers of... not moving? James hands his laptop to the figure. Okay. Statics final project. I'll have to use my secondary design. I've already used my main one this semester. James gives a look of worry. Don't worry. I change it up enough each time so the teachers don't recognize it. You can trust me. Interior Mike's apartment, day. Andrew and Mike are sitting on their couch watching TV. Someone knocks at the door once, then it is thrown open. Allie bursts in, followed by James. Heyo! Come on, at least knock before just coming in. I did knock. James! 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 Andrew continues to chant James as he stands and crosses the room to James. He ends his chant by giving James a hearty pat on the shoulder. Andrew! I'm picking up my laptop in like an hour now. 
project is due by the end of the day, so your guy is cutting it a bit close. I came by to see if you wanted to come with. You're picking up your laptop? That means you got someone else to do your project for you? What? Me? Plagiarizing? No, it's just a helping hand. I would love to come with. Mike! Mike scoffs twice, rolling his eyes with each. <laughs> Hi. Exterior campus quad, dusk. James, Mike, Allie, and Andrew stand outside on the quad, looking around. James's eyes widen and he points across the lawn. There! Across the quad is Figure in their dark, oversized sweatshirt. James's laptop is tucked under one arm. Figure turns, looking directly at the group, then takes off running in the opposite direction. <laughs> what? Is that your guy? Yeah, but where's he going? My laptop! James starts running after Figure, followed by Andrew. That's not good. South Quad. Figure sets down the laptop on the sidewalk and continues running. James stops by the laptop, picks it up, and opens it. Andrew runs up behind him, extremely out of breath. Would you stop panting behind me? <laughs> Is it done? Hold on, let me check. A white light from the laptop shines onto James's face. His eyes widen. Oh. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. Camera Squad. James and Andrew return to where Allie and Mike are standing. Allie and Mike are huddled over Allie's phone. I got it. I got it. It's done, and it's beautiful. It's amazing. I may have shed a tear. Why'd he run, though? I wasn't prepared for any cardio today. James lifts the leg behind him and grabs his ankle, stretching his quad. I didn't even have time to do my stretches. We have worse news than you running without stretching. What? Email from administration. Says they've identified a mass plagiarizer thanks to an anonymous tip. Allie? It wasn't me! I may have also had them do my project. Seriously? Then why try to make me feel bad for getting some friendly help? Because you're irresponsible. I'm only bad sometimes, but you're bad a lot of the time. And because it's fun. <sighs> well, dang. Now I have to redo this whole thing tonight. And you too, Ellie. Will you guys help me? More plagiarism? No, no. We're just helping. Right, Allie? Yeah. Helping. Interior Mike's apartment. Later. James and Allie sit on the couch working on their laptops. James yawns frequently while working. Mike and Andrew sit in the room, too. Hey, look at us. Working together late at night, all under the same roof. I guess you could call us a family. Family? Uh, yeah. Like siblings, you know? The four of us. No. You know, one may say that you and I are... Don't you dare. Brothers. Mike's eyes widen. God damn it. Fade out. End. Back to the green light. Green light. We are here with our writer of the week, Michaela Hardigan. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? We are good. We're doing pretty well out here. Uh, Lauren just got off of a long day of work. I did. So she is energized, I'll say, actually. I am energized, Instead of being tired, actually. she is energized. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so we just have a couple like really general questions for you. So first, we like to ask, where are you calling us from today? Um, right now, I am on the East Coast in the state of Maryland. Maryland. Nice. Okay. Ha, do we, have we had a Maryland yet? I don't Someone think from we Maryland. Have. I don't we, think we, we have. We DC because uh, Warren, one of our actors, was from oh, DC. Oh, true. But no but, writers, but not I don't quite think. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. So, Michaela, you are our first person from Maryland, so represent your state well. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'll say. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a big pressure, I know, but I, I believe in you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, kind of a funny thing, I guess. Um, my family's all from Pittsburgh, and the mm. area code there is 402. But just for a second, I saw your area code and was thinking it was 40. Like I was thinking it was Pittsburgh, even though it wasn't. Um, so I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, she's from she's from Maryland. Cool." Ah, so Lauren knew uh, you had a little bit of a head start on that one. Uh, uh, yeah. So another one of our favorite questions: What is your writer origin story? How did you get started writing? Sure. Um. Well, let me let me preface this by saying I am an incredibly new writer. Sure. I have maybe seven months of screenwriting under my belt. Um, I'm actually a, um, a mechanical engineering student at the University of Illinois. Wow. Wow. Um, but with the whole pandemic going on last summer, my summer research fell through, and I had a lot of time on my hands. So I was doing a lot of thinking and, you know, sort of reflecting on what I actually enjoy since I'm sort of <laughs> in a very pivotal stage of life right now. Very true. And I realized my passion really lies with film and TV. So I did some research on different aspects of the filmmaking process. And in my position of being stuck at home, I figured the easiest thing to try out was screenwriting. Um, I began with just like short pages of dialogue, um, really struggling to come up with a story that I felt hadn't been told yet, but also that I was uh, qualified to tell. And eventually I landed on the idea for Brotherly Scholars, which is actually my first 100% completed script and hopefully not my last. That's <laughs> um, awesome. Wow. That, is, that really is incredible. Yeah. You, yeah. You seems like you were just really taking initiative. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have a bit of an odd question for you. So, you you said mechanical engineering, correct? Is what you were majoring in? Yes. <laughs> uh, so so have you found that anything you learned in your time uh, studying to be a mechanical engineer has transferred over and helped you with writing? Um, definitely. I found that um, I've had to do a lot of like lab reports for classes and different things, and that mm-hmm. includes a lot of revisions and being very specific and with the details of everything, and that really helped me um, when I was. Uh, first breaking the story down as well as doing revisions on the script it helped me really um it felt like doing a lab report it felt like going through and finding mistakes and finding changes i could make to make um certain beats of the story better and more interesting and keep the um momentum going throughout so i think um sort of scientific writing actually did help me get into a storytelling mode i suppose which i i didn't think i would really find a big connection there that is huh. so interesting. Yeah, and I, I never would have thought there would be any crossover there. Yeah, and I also just love hearing your process and the way your mind works, etc. Because, you know, it, it's almost a bit... I feel like it's a bit more analytical than from what we've heard from a lot of writers. But I think that's really cool because I think even out of being uh, like very analytical about things can come creativity and, and can come For things sure. like that. So I, I just love that. That's dope. Wow. We're starting off strong today, folks. We're starting <laughs> off strong. Uh, so let's jump into some questions about the script. Uh, so this script has like a really nice story element to it that sort of naturally and organically increases the tension as the story progresses, which is like a deadline. They have a deadline for this big project and they have to get it done by a certain amount of time. So like talk about the way that you structure this piece and why you chose this element to be sort of the main focus of the film. Sure. Um, I guess when I first came up with the idea for the story of like, some plagiarizer working on like a university campus and having there be some sort of chaos created by that. Um, I figured the best, the best way to sort of, as you said, increase the the tension and momentum throughout the script was to have an actual deadline that had to be met. Um, And also that sort of 
gave myself a deadline, but since this was my first full completed script I was working on, I didn't want to pressure myself into writing 50 pages of something. Totally. So having a shorter timeline for the story itself to unfold helps me sort of minimize how many scenes I need to have to both build character and build the story and tension and all that. So meta. Deadline within the story, deadline without the story, (laughs) or outside of the story. Perfect. I love it. Did you hire someone to write the script for you? Be honest. Uh, Ooh, true. (laughs) Oh, no, no. (laughs) I know. (laughs) A a, a hooded figure (laughs) with with sleeves too long. Yeah. Uh, so, so this script has some sort of irreverent humor that is really fun. So to name a few things, you have Andrew at the beginning, literally hissing <laughs> when he gets part. woken up, yeah, that's uh, a statics class instead of a statistics class, which actually probably makes a lot of sense for you. Now that I say it, it made no sense to me when I, when I <laughs> first <laughs> was thinking about it. Yeah. So talk about your inspiration for this type of comedy and how you went about developing those bits. Sure. Um, I would say that. A lot of the type of like TV shows I enjoy that are you know more character-based comedies like this are like Arrested Development and mm. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which both have a very you know it's all very character-driven as well as they they have some more physical gags and more goofy moments, but all in all they're very they're very realistic in mm-hmm. a way, and so I guess I was inspired by those types of uh, ensemble character-driven comedies. And I, I also sort of wanted to have each character have a bit of a quirk to make them, I guess, more distinguishable since it's a very short script and there's four sort of main characters. Um, so I, so I, I suppose working through finding, finding moments for each character to have a bit of comedy and have them have a funny line or a funny action helped me um, tell them apart, I guess, even as I was writing it. Yeah, I think, sure, yeah, I think that's totally clear, and I, I think that's something that, that I picked on uh, picked up on as I was reading it. I actually want to um, sort of skip around with some of the questions. I had this for, or we had this for later, but I want to ask it now. Oh, I think I know which one you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, so you, you mentioned how part of this inspiration was from sort of these, like, episodic TV shows, like Arrested Development, It's Always Sunny, and it, like, it almost read that way to me as well, and I, like, I really like that because it left me at the end wanting more. Like, I want yeah, more, like it felt like more a pilot from these almost. characters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so do you have any ideas for further scripts with these characters, or is this sort of like a one and done? Um, at this point, I don't really have any more ideas for these four characters. Um, I suppose if another story struck me, I'm not opposed to writing more about them, since um, it's, it's very hard for me to come up with um, compelling storylines, and since I already have these characters, if I have a storyline that fits them. Um, but at this point, this is all I have for <laughs> these four i feel you well if you change your mind let us know because i would totally be interested in reading another one (laughs) like this yeah so i guess kind of skipping back since we skip forward a little bit sorry uh so james brushed the help from ali aside and chooses to get help from mike who doesn't even attend his class um so why does he do this this really dumb thing (laughs) why does he ask someone for help that's not in his class um I think when I was writing it, I had that um, Mike and James were sort of the two closest of, the, of all those people. Mm. Um, Allie has sort of been like the outsider. She's very annoyed by everyone in most of her scenes. She gets annoyed with um, James for not coming to her for help. She's annoyed with Mike for just being annoying when they have their conversation later on. Um, and so James 
when I was writing it, didn't seem like he wouldn't want to go to someone so annoying for help on a big project. So he mm. went with the friend group and then eventually went to the wild card, I guess, Andrew mm. in the end. <laughs> Nice. No, yeah, totally. And I, I think it's actually really cool because I feel like you visually show how Allie's an outsider as well. You have the moment where the three of them are walking and she sort of gets pushed to the back and kind of has to forcefully interject herself. I really like that sort of visual representation of sort of her place in the group yeah. as being an outsider. Um, so mm-hmm. sort of talking about Mike's perspective now, he seems like super willing to help James with this last minute final project, uh, even being insulted when he no longer becomes the first choice. But then, uh, at the beginning, we see that he's not as willing to help Andrew overcoming his excessive sleeping in. So just talk about, uh, and you talked about this a little bit already, but talk about more of the like relationship dynamics as a group and why Mike is more willing to help out James as opposed to Andrew with their specific issues. Right. So... The relationship between Mike and Andrew, I had, I, I like it as like a, a lightly contentious relationship where they're each trying to show each other up in little ways. Mm. They're a little competitive with each other, where Mike is trying to put Andrew down and make him feel less than, while Andrew's trying to show Mike that he's really cool. So even when Andrew doesn't let Mike come with to meet the plagiarizer person, like that's sort of him saying like, look, I can do this and you can't. Mm. Um so that's their relationship. I sort of have it as like a sort of friendly enemy competitive sort of uh, feeling to it. Um, whereas Mike and Anne, Mike with James, um, they're more friendly. They get along better. That's why Mike was eager and willing to help him out as opposed to Andrew. For sure. Totally. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. So, this is, I guess, a little bit of a vague question, um, but you can you can sort of take it the way you want to. So yeah. give us as much information as you can on the strange and mysterious figure. Well, I know I didn't really want to have another big character because four is already, I feel, quite a lot for just a 12-page script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I wanted it to be, you know, mysterious, but also sort of comical. So that's just the big sweatshirt they're wearing, and they they try to be, they they pretend to be very like wise and all knowing about the projects and everything. Um, yeah, I didn't really put a lot of thought into like a backstory or who that character really is. It's sort of just a one-off gag of, oh, it's this mysterious kind of like pretender figure who steals projects and helps people out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that that's so fun. I also I also would love to see like, you know, obviously we've planted the seed inside your mind of doing more. So if you decide to do more, I think it would be really cool as like a running bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then maybe maybe like a season two or season three, we finally <laughs> reveal who the figure is. Yeah. Uh, no, but no, I definitely right. got like yeah. <laughs> in my mind I saw the figure as like a dementor, but instead of a cloak, they had a giant hoodie. Just a, you know? just a big old hoodie. That's pretty funny. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, so Allie seems to sort of be like the most responsible of the group, but we find out at the end that she has been slacking the whole time too and had the strange figure do her work for her. Uh, so if James would have accepted her help at the beginning of the script, how would that have gone? Like, would she have been able to help him? Or, like, did she offer it as more of, like, a symbolic gesture trying to sort of uh, penetrate the group a little bit more? I think she would have She would have actually helped him. I think she had a line after that scene when she was talking with Mike that all she had to do now was put, like, her name at the top of her project. So really, the figure mystery person had already completed hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she would be able to sort of help out um, James with his... Um, 
but also I think her offering was also a her sort of like reaching out and being like, let me help you. I, I'm I'm part of this little like friendship that we have. Let me help you. We're in this class together. Let me help you. And um, I thought it was funny when he didn't even let her do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Literally, her part, uh, his partner on the project. He's like, yeah. ah, Mike, you got me. You <laughs> yeah. got me, right, big fella? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those are all of our script-specific questions. So now we're going to move on to some questions about you, Michaela. So yeah. buckle in. So these are these are still kind of script-adjacent, I guess. Script-adjacent, yeah. But we know that Andrew is obviously uh, a night owl. You know, he's someone who likes to sleep in. 11.45 is too early for the sun. Um, so what kind of sleeper are you? A night owl, an early bird, etc.? I am an early bird. I wake up without an alarm pretty much every day around 6 or 7 a.m., which is very strange for a college student to be doing. Um, but it's convenient, so I don't really try to fight it. Um, I get up early. I get stuff done uh, in the day, and then I have the night to do whatever I want. But, um, yeah, I struggle sleeping in. <laughs> That is that is very impressive. I'm jealous. Yeah. I um I I was I can never wake up without an alarm typically. Like I think I'm fine in the mornings. Like I think I think I'm pretty good in the mornings, but I can't wake up without an alarm. However, I, I I'm gonna ask you a question and you might think I'm crazy. Have you ever heard of the app Yik Yak? No. Okay. Well, so when Lauren and I were it was a bigger thing when we were in college. Yeah, yeah. We're we're like we were only like a year and a half out of college, but our first year, so 2015-2016, there was this app called Yik Yak, Mm -hmm. and it was basically this anonymous posting app. Like you could just post statuses as like an anonymous figure, and people could like upvote them, downvote them, etc., etc. So my biggest claim to fame on Yik Yak was when I had an 8 a.m. class and I set my alarm for the wrong time, but I. I woke up in like just enough time to be able to uh, get into class, and I I made a yik yak about that, and that was like my well, biggest like yik yak of all time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. My spidey senses <laughs> saved me, and that was my biggest claim to fame on yik yak. So I just wanted to get that out there. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone listening to this knows what yik yak is, please tell us because I feel like it was big. It was big for like our first year, and then. It went downhill because they started. You were able to add like a username, yeah. and like even even though it like, was still anonymous, but because but, you had a username attached to your post, it just wasn't. It wasn't it the wasn't same. It wasn't the same. Yik, yik yak was only mm. big first year, one year. Rip yeah. yik yak. Rip to the yak. Yep. Anyway, um, a follow up question to that: yeah. How many all nighters have you pulled in college, if any? Uh, zero. I I I like my sleep. Um, <laughs> I, I I think in all-nighters, if you can avoid them, you should, um, especially since it, like, takes three or four days for you to, like, actually recover from for doing sure. that. Oh, yeah. That's just, it, it, it actually takes up a lot more time than, like, you save in the, in the long run, I think. Wow. I mean, for sure. That's that's a very responsible and mature answer. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is impressive. I, now, granted, sorry, I don't want this to totally turn into Jackson's story time. However, I do have a few stories. Um, the, the only all-nighter that I pulled in college was it was closing night of Cabaret when I, when I was in Cabaret my sophomore year. I had a six-page paper due the next day that I hadn't started. And we always had a tradition, like, obviously, um, after we did the show, we had to strike it because we're a student theater group and it's us who does most of the things. So we had to strike it. And then we had a, tradi- a tradition to go to cookout. Oh, I guess other question for you. Have, do you have cookouts in Maryland? I don't think they do. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, God. 
gosh, man. Well, no, it's a, it's like a it's a southern fast food place, but yeah. you get so much food and it's so cheap and it's open till like three a.m. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Anyways, to to sort of wrap up my story is we went to, we always go to cookout after the end of our shows, so I didn't get back until like two thirty or three, and then the paper was due at nine, so I stayed up to finish the paper and then I just turned it in and then I went to sleep for the rest of the day. So that's my only all nighter story. <laughs> but good for you for not ever having to do that. Like big time props. Yeah. Um, so sort of, uh, another tangential question to the script, uh, which of these characters do you think you identify the most when it comes to doing like work for classes? Hmm. I'm not sure because I've never really plagiarized anything. <laughs> right. Fair. Um, I guess everyone has a part in this play maybe plagiarism. No, I don't know. Has Mike plagiarized anything? I don't remember. Mike is like kind of going, Mike doesn't say no. Like, That's he, fair. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, I, I guess I would say I'm I'm like Mike, whereas I I would offer to help any of my friends if they ask if they're if they needed help with the project or anything. Um, but also he's kind of mean at some point. Um, <laughs> so and I, I'd like to think I'm not very mean. <laughs> you, um, from, from our interaction with you, you seem very nice. So yeah. yeah. The, oh, thank you. <laughs> you you take the good parts of Mike and leave out the bad parts. There you go. Is is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. So when, yeah. obviously we talked about how, you know, you just started writing, uh, over the summer, which is awesome. Um, so how, we kind of talked about how your writing journey is going, but what have you found to be the most rewarding and the most challenging parts of it? I'd say the most rewarding part is when I was working on the script, I was really stuck at, um, what the ending should be. What should be like, I knew there was, there had to be some sort of big reveal. It was all building towards something, but I wasn't sure what. And I'd written like three quarters of the way through the script. And I was like out on a walk one day and just thinking about it. And it just came to me, you know, how it ended up uh, going in the final draft. Um, but I had been stuck on that part of the script for weeks. And so I, I was surprised that it, it literally just came to me. It, it didn't take with me like writing a bunch and writing out different options. It just took some simple thinking about, you know, what made the most sense character-wise and story-wise. And that felt really nice to have just everything come together really cleanly, yeah. even though it took it took a long time for it to come to that point of, like, me just not working on it for a few weeks because I, I was stuck. Mm. So I said at that point, for this script, that was both the hardest and the most rewarding part was figuring out the ending and trying to wrap up everything, I guess. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Okay. So this question was not initially on our list. That was supposed to be our last question. And maybe it should be because that was a very good answer. However, <laughs> I had to ask because we were discussing this last night. Yeah, it, so, it wasn't even, it was funny. It wasn't even related to you. It was a different Michaela who, I think yes. it was someone's DoorDash driver. Yeah. So essentially, as I'm sure you know, there are a plethora of ways to spell the name Michaela. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, and your yours is is one of those. So just talk about that. Talk about how many times your name has been misspelled and what you think is the best way to spell Michaela. And also, if you can, the worst way to spell Michaela. Okay. Um, my name has been misspelled many, many times. Mm. It's spelled Michael with an A at the end, which is actually like a family thing. Mm. We have a lot of Michaels in the family and... The grandparents said, no more Michaels. There's too many Michaels. So my parents <laughs> said, all right, we'll do Michael with an A at the end and call it Michaela. There you go. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I've got we'll a lot them. of Michaelas that are spelled the same way as you. Yeah, yeah. 
I would actually say the way mine is spelled is probably the worst. Whoa! It, it's not. It's not very intuitive for most people, you know. M I C H as like the Mick and Michaela. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So, I mean, I love it, but it, it is. It can be a little confusing and annoying at times. I'd say the M I K. I like that one. That okay. one seems to make sense. Yeah. See, um, I, I've yeah. had I've had <laughs> friends with M I K A Y L A, and also I have a friend M I K A E L A. So it's like, that's crazy. That's so interesting that you think yours is the worst because I think the first Michaela I knew was spelled the way that your name is spelled, Michael with an A. So that's just how, that's just always been the first thought in my mind when I hear Michaela. So I think it's so interesting that that, that is your least favorite. But hey, at least we know you're oh. not biased because you said yours was the yeah. least favorite. So that's true. That's what, is, true. what is your opinion on the on the subject matter, Lauren? Um, well, no, I mean, I feel like, yeah, M M I K A Y L A, and then the way yours is spelled... I feel like those are those are the two most common, I think, that I've encountered. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, you know, I, I mean, I was talking about this last night when we were talking about it, but um, there was one summer that, you know, I was doing, like, community theater stuff with probably four different Michaelas who all spelled their names different ways. Yeah. And um, oh, there, wow. was, there was one girl who spelled her name M-I-C-A-L-A, and that's the only time I've heard that one. <laughs> that's that unsettles me. That 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 caused a visceral reaction inside my body. Okay. So I'm I'm a bit uncomfortable at that. Uh, but anyway, but, but yeah, yes. those are those are all our big questions. Yes, um, they are. I guess the only other thing we'd like to ask is, do you have anything you'd like to plug or anything that's coming up for you? Mm-hmm. Not not really. I don't really have any projects to promote or plug right now. <laughs> gotcha. No worries. Also, we we like to ask this someone. In our interview a couple of weeks ago, asked us a question, and we want to offer that up to you. We've been doing that recently. In case you have any questions for us, if not, that is fine. But if you do, go for it. Um, yeah. As as you're both actors and have a much different perspective from myself, what what has been the best thing you've been able to take away from reading all the scripts you have for this podcast? Oh man. Um I actually I actually I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently. And I think one of the things that has been super helpful with reading all these scripts because when we read the scripts, we have to come up with questions for them, which means we have to analyze them. That's true. And so I think the the best thing for me has been able to uh, take a script, look at it, analyze it very quickly for a character story, etc. It's just it's just given me mm-hmm. a better and quicker way to to do that. And I think especially like being in the real world and like, you know, we're we're, we're still new out here, but we mm-hmm. we've both understood that you have to be able to prepare very quickly sometimes, especially because you'll get next day and or same day auditions at times. So to be able to quickly analyze and break down a script is a super helpful skill to have, and I think that doing this podcast has helped a lot with that, at least personally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably the best answer I could have come up with too. Ditto. Um, Ditto I mean, it's that. also just been really nice to get in touch with all of these different writers too. Oh, totally. You know, like, yeah. like you. So yeah, exactly, and just just hear people's perspectives and and just to get to read a bunch of new scripts, which is always fun. Yeah. So thank you for asking that. Wow. When we've asked this question, we have gotten some really good questions thrown our way. Yeah. So so we appreciate that. Well. That's us. That's our interview. If you want to get into contact with Michaela, if you want to pick her brain about her mechanical engineering career, about her new writing career, about anything about Maryland. Yeah, or if you want to produce this script, of course. Of course, that one too. Uh, Her email will be in the description. Yes. All right. That's it for us. Thank you so much again for coming on, Michaela. We really had a great time. Yeah, we had a
guest. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.